for Brett. Woo! Man, thanks everyone. I appreciate it. I appreciate all the thanks. All right, everyone, listen up, listen up. Like Nick said, well, first, welcome, y'all. I'm so glad that you're all here. I think, I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking, like, maybe it was boys in the front. I was thinking, like, last year, I think we were outside. And I, then I thought to myself, it's really gross out. So I think it's just kind of cool to see where we are now and that we have this room. We have, a, we have these new lights. We got a lot of cool things from what was last year and in the yucky weather. But now we're in here, warm and dry. But yeah, like Nick said, we have been working through a sermon series. Davis has got a shout out a few times for this book, and that is Surprise the World. Before that, so like the past couple weeks, like I said, we walked through this book. Nick opened us up, I mean, us up about talking about questionable living and what that looks like, whether that's upward, inward, and outward into the community. And then the second week, Alana talked about, what did she talk about? Bless. She talked about bless and ways in which we can bless someone or other people with words of affirmation, acts of kindness, and gifts. And then I talked about eat. Eat and ways in which we can eat and the truth behind eating, and that was eating with peers, eating with the least expected and the missional, uh, eating missionally, and then eating personally. And then last week, what did Nick talk about? Listen. He talked about how we need to set aside time um, to listen to what God is trying to say to us by setting aside time, eliminating distractions, letting God in, and following God's prompt. And like now we're here at the second to last acronym slash missional point of this series, and that is I'm speaking on LEARN. Um, but before we jump into LEARN, I'm going to tell you a personal story that maybe is applicable to your life, maybe it's not. Uh... All right, so I was learning how to drive. Now, how many of you can you, can you drive? I know there's a few of you in here. And how many of you are close to being able to get your driver's license and all that stuff? And I see a lot of hands that are definitely not old enough to be able to drive. But in that, there is a process that it takes to get your license. This process is, is a long, tedious process. You have to get a bunch of hours and log them every time you drive, and your parents have to be with you. Your parents have to be with you, and, and you have to do all these things. You have to take a class. You have to sit in an in-person class. You have to take a, like, driver's, to get your driver's permit. You have to take a science test and this written test, and you have to get all these questions right. And then on top of that, you have to take seven lessons and a test out with a driver. So it is a tedious process, but one that I think is beneficial because we don't want bad drivers. I know it's different for every state, but I would rather have better drivers. I know there's bad drivers still, but the process is necessary. And in that, I was going through the process, I think it was my sophomore year. And in this process, I thought, man, like, if I could just get my license, like, I would be the coolest kid in the block. Like, I could drive people around. Like, it was just, like, the pinnacle of what I thought was high school. And in that, I didn't really care how I got it. I was like, Mom, just, you know, sign this off. I promise you I drove with Dad. Or, oh, you know, I had someone come over and some of this. And I just wasn't really trying to learn the process in which it was to drive. I was just trying to get my license. And so here I am. Now I've just taken all, I've done all that stuff. I've got my permit. I've done all those things. And I'm in my first lesson. Now, I was in this lesson with a teacher who I had known because she was like my gym teacher, and so we kind of had beef, but she was my driving instructor, and so it was kind of awkward. She was kind of a mean lady, but we're not going to get there. And I was with some random student, some kid that was my age, and he was also trying to get his license. And so for me, I was like, all right, I'll drive first. Let me drive. I just kind of want to get this over with. I I don't really care for learning what it is. I just want to get these lessons over so I can get my license. And so she says, you know, we're going to learn how to park and to park back into things and back out of things. And I said, okay, well, I know how to park. My mom's taught me that one. I, didn't, I had never actually backed out. So typically, this is going to sound kind of pathetic. 
but I would always make my mom back out of the driveway and then I would get in the car because I just didn't want to do that. I was like, I'll figure that out when I get my license. Like, I'll, that's, a, that's a problem when I get there. And so I was like, oh, you know, we're going to an empty parking lot. I'm going to figure this out. We're all good. Like, no worries. And so I'm parking. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. You know, there's no cars. There's nothing there. So, like, I don't really know how you can mess up other than the lines. But the lines were kind of faded. Nonetheless, so she's like, all right, so now we're going to back into spots. I'm like, okay, gosh, like, this, this can't be that hard. Like, this can't be that hard. So I'm like, oh, I'm just going to trust my intuition. I'm not really going to listen to what she's saying. I'm not really trying to learn anything, like I said. I'm really trying to just kind of get this over with. And so she's like, all right, but we're going to park next to this median, and there's this light pole behind it. And so I'm like, I'm like okay, that's like, make it harder for me. I understand. And so then I'm like, all right. So she's like, all right, now just put it in reverse. And you're going to keep backing up, and you're backing up, and you're backing up. And she goes, okay, you're getting a little close to the curb. You're getting a little close to the curb. And we hear, bang. And I, I go up the median, and I hit the light post. And, and so then she freaks out. She's like, what are you doing? I was, you should have listened to me. Why are you not? You didn't take anything that I was trying to tell you. And I said, oh, no. And she's like, all right, so like, let's, we're going to figure this out. It's okay. And so she goes, all right, now I just need you to put it in. I need you to put it in for, forward drive. And so I'm like, okay, I'll do that. But I said that in my head, but I didn't do that in the, the stick. And I still had it in reverse. And I backed into it even more to a point where the car got stuck. Then I'm calling my dad. I'm like, hey, dad, like, I'm stuck. I'm stuck here. And so she had to pick me uh, My dad had to pick me up. The kid's dad had to pick me up. The car, we couldn't get it out. We had to get towed. I changed driving schools, so I ended up going to Patriot. So if that ever happens to you, there's other schools, and you don't have to worry about that. But the lesson there, I'm so, I know, it's crazy. It honestly doesn't feel real, but it was real, and I'm embarrassed by it. See, we find ourselves in situations, like I just said, where um, we don't really want to learn the process. We kind of just want to go through the motions and kind of do it our way. See, I'm someone who I would consider this is hard to say, but I'm not really a great teach. I'm not a teachable person. So like in sports, there's like, okay, if you just follow this, like this is how you do it. Like I kind of, I struggle with trying to make it, do it my way and my way only and not really learning and trying to learn the process. And that's a struggle and I don't encourage you guys to do that because um, it's something that I still struggle with today. But in that, a lot of times, like I said, we, we find ourselves in these examples where, um, where we kind of trying to do it on our own. And, and this can also follow into our relationship with Christ. Um, we find ourselves in situations where we kind of just be like, all right, I know, I know uh, who God is, and I know how to read scripture. You know, I'm in honors English. I know how to read, and so, you know, the Bible is English, and I know how to read that, and so I, I don't really have to worry about that. Like, I can read scripture when I want, and I, I kind of know who God is. You know, he's, he, he saved me. He died on the cross, like all these things, and in that, we can kind of get lazy, and, and we don't really want to learn who God is and, and what it looks like um, to read scripture and, and to ultimately proclaim his name, and so my, my main idea today, and I'll break into that down, and, and that is when we, oh, sorry, I, I thought it was going to transition that way. Well, when we equip ourselves with the knowledge of Christ, we are then able to proclaim his name to the world. Tonight, like I said, I'm talking about learn. And so we're going to learn who Christ is. We're going to learn who Christ is. We're going to learn how to read his word and why we read his word. And then we're going to learn how to proclaim his name to the world, like I said. First, like I said, we are going to be breaking down who God is. And when I thought about this, I said, there's so many things that we could call God. Maybe some of the stories that like, we've memorized, like I said, maybe we know the Gospels, we've, we've heard them, we've been to church so many times. We know somewhat of who God is, you know, we, we know he dies on the cross, but when I was sitting there and I was really trying to break down where God was trying to pull me and um, ways in which I thought, where God, who do you want, who do you want me to tell you who you are? Um, and he came to me with, with three points, three points that I feel like really kind of hit my heart and hopefully hit yours as well. And the first one is that he is my father. He is our father. 
See, there is so much, like I said, that goes through my head when I think of what that means. But I, when I break it down from this perspective, and maybe that helps you understand, um, is a father is someone, and maybe you can relate to this, but a father is someone who protects you when you're scared. A father is someone who provides for you when, and provides for you when you don't deserve it. A father is someone who sacrifices his wants, I mean, his, for your, for, it's his needs for your wants. And maybe, like I said, this is someone that we can't really apply to because maybe, you know, my, I mean, I know personally that, you know, fathers make mistakes on earth. And maybe that's hard to truly realize. But this father is someone who doesn't, and he will continually pursue us in that. He is our heavenly father and will constantly look over us. See, I love this passage, and it's one that I feel like I go to all the time. And that is Luke 15, 21 through 24. And this is the end capped of what is the prodigal son. And it says, And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to him, Servants, bring the best robe and put it on him. And put a, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And, and bring the fattened calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and he is found, and they began to celebrate. Like I said, what I love about this parable is that Jesus is, is telling us through this parable this perfect allusion to the fatherly love that he has for us. That even when we make mistakes, and when we kind of stray off path, and, and in this story we read, and to summarize it a little bit, we read that this son takes what wasn't truly his at the time, and says, God, I don't really care for you. I'm going to come doing my own thing. I'm going to learn through my problems. I'm going to learn the hard way. But ultimately comes back to the father and he runs to him. See, the son had wronged him. He had done all these things. But like Christ, like our father, our heavenly father, he is constantly pursuing us and covering us with his love. See, my next point is that God, that he loves us unconditionally. Without condition, that even through, even in this parable that we just read, that even in the times where we've made mistakes, where we think that, man, there's no way that God can love me through that. There's no way, you know, I've done some bad things. I, I had to learn the hard way. That he still continually loves us. See, I love this verse, and it is Ephesians 2, 5 through 8, and that says, Even when we were dead in our trespasses, it made us alive together with Christ. By the grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly place in Jesus Christ. So that in the coming ages he might show his immeasurable riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that this is not your own doing that is a gift from God. See, in those times where we feel shame, we feel guilt, we, we live, sorry, excuse me, uh, we live in this like habitual like sin, which we all continually do. God continually shows us mercy and love. There are a lot of mistakes that I've made and will continually make. But when I made that realization, that one that I'm loved unconditionally, without condition, that it was such an important step in knowing who God was and how great and merciful he is. And lastly, who God is, is he is my savior. He is our savior. With the ultimate sacrifice, he died for our sins. Jesus came down from heaven to die for our sins. And then not only that, he defeated death and rose from the dead. He left everything he had above. Everything. The pure joy. He left perfect peace. And he left it to come to a sinful universe to die for our sins. Me, you, every single person in this room. 
And I think that is just such an incredible sacrificial love that he shows. And so now that we better understand who God is um, and how much he loves us, let us learn uh, how to read his word and the importance behind doing so. And so my next point uh, is when you heard me before, it is the how we, learning how to read the word and the why. See, this is something that seems simple, like I said. I mean, most of us can read. Most of us have read scripture uh, uh, and, and understand the gospel to some extent. Uh, but, but we read it for a different reason, and that is because it builds a stronger identity in Christ. See, when we align ourselves and our hearts uh, with him and put our identity in Christ, uh, we see incredible things. And in that, that's the purpose behind, behind reading scripture. See, much like most things that we learn and study, it takes this, this nature of, of repetition, and I'll get to there in a second. But to learn anything, to, to get good at anything, to, to have a relationship with anything, you've got to put a lot of time in it. Whether that's relationally, whether that's in sports, whether that's in school when you're trying to get grades, you've got to put effort into that. And in that, that's the same way with our relationship with Christ. Um, and, when we, and, and this ultimately, like I said, builds a stronger identity in who Christ says. And we see that in John 1.1, ultimately with, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. See, John is referring uh, to Jesus because he is the word. Because he is the definite revealing nature of who God is and, and, and what God is. See, when we realize that there's a different and there's an important meaning behind what reading scripture is, then we realize the, the ways in which we can then learn how to read scripture. And that is, like I said, uh, repetition. See, rep- reading scripture sometimes can be cryptic, with parables, and, and sometimes hard to read. Uh, and, and sometimes in the, in the nature of it, it's, it's a lot of times when we read, we, we miss things. Uh, and, and I would encourage you to take the time to read uh, it a few times over and see where God is pulling you in the passage. I know that personally there are so many times uh, when I'm reading scripture, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking down a, a sermon that uh, God won't speak to me the first time I read it. I'll be like, oh, you know, I see what, you know, the theme, I see what he's trying to say, but I don't really understand how this applies to my own life. See, the second and the third time, as I, I break this down and I really have that conversation with God, I end up seeing what he's trying to say to me. And he opens my eyes to what he's saying. And, and in, in that, it's such an important aspect to really digest his word and what God is really trying to say to us. The second point, not only is it important to, be, to, be, uh, to live in uh, repetition, but it also is important to live in community when it comes to reading scripture. See, I know I want to sound like a broken record. I feel like I talk about community every time I come up here, but it is such a vital aspect to the Christian faith. See, Scripture isn't just meant for reading in isolation. However, that is important, and that time that you spend with Christ like in isolation and by yourself is just as important, but it is also as important to read in community. See, we have this incredible opportunity to have that to come to, to nights like this in which we can hang out and we can have fun horse races, but we can ultimately come and read his word. I think that is just such an incredible thing. See, because, and honestly, I even forgot about this. I had it on my paper, but I, I forgot to say it. But sun, church on Sundays. See, we come to church on Sundays, and, and thankfully the, the comms team and Tommy, they take time to write out pieces of paper. So if you don't have your Bible or you don't want to open your phones, we have the verses here. I think there's such an important part to break down Scripture with community. I love preaching weeks because not only do I get to break down sermons, not only do I get to, you know, break down passages and verses, but I ultimately get to, to walk with it through peers. I get to sit there and say, hey, you know, this is where God was kind of pulling me. This is where, you know, I feel like God was calling. And, and then I'm sitting with someone else and they're saying, well, God was kind of showing me this. And I go, wow, I didn't even see that. We're reading the same text. 
We're reading the same exact text, but we can, God can speak to us and pull to us in way in completely different directions. I think that is such a privilege to come together in community and read scripture. See, when we learn who God is, and we learn why we read scripture and how to read scripture, it ultimately leads us to proclaiming his name. See, throughout this series, we've challenged you guys to bless someone this week. I said to eat missionally with someone or eat with someone that's least expected, someone you're not expecting to eat. We talked about listening, spent taking time to listen to who, what God is saying. Um, and like I said, for the past couple weeks, not to put my boys on the spot, but I'm going to put them. Seventh grade boys, I have asked them about these challenges. I've said, boys, what, what, have you blessed anyone this week? Have you, have you eaten someone least expected? And, and with the honesty that I love that they give me, uh, there's a quick no. No, I haven't really done that. I don't really know how to do that. I don't know why, like what that means or the standstill the stand behind that um, and, and how it's uncomfortable and, and weird and I don't know how to do that. And, and it's kind of weird how to live this questionable life. Like it, it just, it doesn't really make any sense. So I said to myself, how can we, we better learn and, and proclaim his name if we, we're not equipped? And so tonight we have, we have read in so many different texts the importance of, of being sent missionally uh, to spread his name and, and his word. But we truly... We do that, for, we do that uh, in efforts to, one, s- be sent and be mission, uh, to be missional, um, but we need to be equipped before that. And so we read John 15, uh, 16, and that says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my, in my name, he may give it to you. See, not only are we chosen instruments for Christ. But we are called to bear fruit, meaning we proclaim his name to those around us. And the, re- and the, and the ways in which we do this, and this is going to come full circle, and that's why I really like where God was pulling me. And, and the l- ways in which we learn how to proclaim his name starts with knowing who Jesus Christ is. See, Jesus loves us unconditionally. Jesus is our savior. Jesus died for our sins. And Jesus is ultimately our father, our heavenly father. But not only that, when we learn why and how to better read and understand scripture, we then build this identity in, in and through Jesus Christ. Through repetition, through reading scripture multiple times and understanding what God is trying to say to us. But then also doing the same thing with community. And how important it is to do both of those things, to then equip us to then proclaim his name to those and the world around us. See, when we equipped ourselves with the knowledge of Christ... We are then able to proclaim his name to the world. When we learn who Christ is and truly believe that this is who he is and this is the things that he's done for us, and when we learn why and how to better understand and read scripture, that is then when we will be better equipped to proclaim his name to the world. However, these ha- learning these habits take time and effort. Like I said earlier, the things that you learn don't just come instantly. Maybe it does for some. But I know personally that this is a, 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 a battle that I continually uh, struggle with. Um, and in that, I know that everyone in this room will continually struggle with this as that. And I, and I must, and, but there must be a constant reminder uh, to myself of who God is and, and the reason why we read scripture and the purpose behind reading scripture. The knowledge of who, the knowledge of who Christ is and, and the glory of the things that he does for us and his love and his mercy and his grace around us. See, when we, we, we equipped ourselves with the knowledge of Christ, we are then able to proclaim his name and his word. My challenge for you guys this week 
is a simple one, maybe, or it's a hard one. I know for me it's, it's harder. Um, but my challenge for you this week is to take time and realize how much that you are loved by God. Sometimes you may feel unworthy. Sometimes you may feel guilt. Sometimes you may feel shame. I know there's a lot of times in my life where I, I feel that. But let me tell you, once you just acknowledge and learn how, how much you are loved by the Creator and by the Savior and by the Father, it is an insurmountable, insurmountable I can't even say the word. I'm not even going to say it. I tried to write it down and it didn't work. But it is such an, it's just such an important aspect to learn how much God loves you and how much you will be filled with, one, the Holy Spirit, but total joy. That's all I really have for you guys tonight. I'm going to pray us out, um, and then we can head to small groups. Please bow your heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I am so grateful to know who you are, to know that when I am lost, that you pursue me. Lord, that when I make mistakes, that you cover me in your grace and your love. Lord, I ask that you speak to these students' hearts tonight, and that you show them how much you love them. Lord, I ask that you speak courage into those that are now equipped with the knowledge of who you are and how to read your, your word. Lord, I ask that in that, then you, they will then be able to proclaim your name. I pray in small groups that we, as we walk through these passages and we walk through these questions that we can find a deep understanding of what you're, you, you want in our lives and the lives around us. Lord, I thank you for every one of these people in this room. Lord, and I said that, and I love it. I love you so much, Lord. I pray that in your holy and precious name. Amen.